This is episode number 132, Overcoming Coronavirus, with Tony Milo Vong. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement regarding our weekly calls called Courageous Conversations. These are conversations that take place every single Saturday at 9 a.m. and are hosted through Zoom. This is something that we started six to seven weeks ago with the desire to connect our community even closer and to connect each other along our own individual journeys. If you are looking to explore more about who you are and the place that you take in this world and the impact that you are hoping to have, please join us. Please send us an email or contact us through us through our website in which we'll respond to you with all the details about the upcoming event and the ways that you can join those calls. Now, let's get back to our show. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of it. And I'm fortunate that you and I were connected and had a chance to speak briefly through our journeys and the different things that we've been through. And I wanted to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. First one is to talk about this concept of what this process of reopening our economy looks like and, and how do we overcome certain elements of the coronavirus, such as the fear, but then also the, the reality of it that's happening. But before we kind of dive into that and go into a lot of those loaded questions, I want to ask you the question and paint a picture for some of our listeners who are not familiar with your story. And that is, who are you? How would you answer that whenever you're asked? Yeah. So I would say that I, um, I'm a, a person that's very passionate about um, young people and helping them create a foundation um, and uh, a launching off pad, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. And based on my own personal experience, which we can talk about in a minute, but um, my own personal Rocky experience mm -hmm. that I had in my early 20s and the, the winding path that I had to, to walk on my own, um, or at least it felt like it was mostly on my own. And I, mm -hmm. uh, as I got older and I got through some of those challenges, it only felt right. And I definitely felt the, the pull to help other people not have such a, a, a rocky of a time and see if there were, everyone's going to have their own experiences and everyone is going to go through their own challenges. And it's not our job to remove those challenges, but if there are certain things that we can help people avoid, lessons that don't necessarily need to be experienced, because not every single mistake needs to be made. Not every single bad experience needs to be had. There are certainly things that we can sidestep on our own path that 
um, will help us get further, faster, have, have more fun, more joy in our lives, um, and also um, help us weather our own personal challenges better. So mm -hmm. um, that's a core aspect of, of who I am and what I do. Um, but I'm also a wife and a mother of three children. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. And mm -hmm. um, they are You got it all. Yeah, it's a huge part of my life. Um, I, I would say that that is the most important part of my life, but I, I, it's not all my life. I think that it's important also for an individual to be able to have um, balance and every piece of those relationships and is just another piece of the puzzle with another piece being the really the relation I have with myself. So, so I believe very firmly in um, every person having a calling and it's good to have family and I love them very dearly, but that's not my whole life. It's also um, the things that I feel called to do for myself that, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think is, is an important piece to that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you mentioned that I want to dive a little bit deeper into before we get into the theme of today's episode, and that is you mentioned something about mistakes and, and the fact how we don't have to relive a lot of the same mistakes that we go through. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, how do you personally determine that? How do you personally, personally determine which mistakes you choose to share with other people that may help them? not repeat things that you had to go through? And then which of those do you hold back in knowing that those were some of your greatest lessons that you got from? Mm -hmm. No, that's a great question. So I, when I started to think of, the, of, of a philosophy or a way of living, um, I boiled it down to basically five main areas. Mm -hmm. And that's our health, our relationships, our finances, our individual, or, or I should say our internal power, our mind mastery, and then our career, finding fulfilling life work. Mm -hmm. So I can't create a recipe for every single one of those areas and tell someone, okay, here's how to live. And I would never do that anyway. But there are things that, that I went through that I feel would be very helpful in each of those areas to give someone something to think about and then it's up to them to apply it to their own life mm. and see if it is consistent with a message that speaks to them in their own personal um, path so for instance um, overextending yourself financially i think that's a very common thing that a lot of young people do so I, I look at it as my role not to tell people what to do, but to raise awareness that this is a very, very common mistake that young people make. And a lot of young people have no frame of reference because, for instance, taking on too much debt, the terms of any type of a debt arrangement sound very reasonable at hmm. the beginning of whatever you're, oh, 24% interest on a credit card. Oh, that's, I can deal with that. And then you start to get some, some debt accumulated. And then now all of a sudden you see that you've got $300 interest, just an in interest that month. And so there are things that you, it's hard for someone to really understand unless they've either been told or shown or they've experienced it themselves. And I mm -hmm. firmly believe that not every single person needs to go into personal debt 
to find out that it's not the right thing to do. So that's mm-hmm. one example of, you know, we can make strong supportive choices and it's up to the individual person. What type of lifestyle do you want and how do you see yourself making choices that are smart or, you know, that will set you up for success down the road, but you're also feeling fulfilled in the moment. So that's Mm -hmm. one. And I think a lot of it boils down to not only the profession that you choose, but the lifestyle that you have. For example, I don't have kids and with not having kids, I'm not even going to say I'm assuming I, I know having been or still am a son of my parents and the different challenges that they had to go through, compromises they had to make. And there are so many lessons that I think you learn. But from the other end, from our perspective, because we don't have that additional life to be responsible for for X number of years, it, it doesn't register the same exact way. And so I think Oftentimes what I learned is that when, when, um, when we talk about, oh, why don't we have this or why don't they have the, why don't understand, why don't they understand this? It's because, well, we're not in the same shoes. We don't have kids to, and to put it all in perspective as far as, Hey, debt is something that you maybe should question. And that whole concept of having a 24% uh, interest rate on a credit card for us, it doesn't register the same way because our only responsibility is us and maybe an animal and some of the basics, the rent, the car, and whatever else that you have to pay. And so I, I think the, the thing that I choose to take away from those experiences and, and understanding is that we only know what we know at any given time. And I think that's true for all of us. And our, our hope and the intention, I, I'll speak for myself, is to always be better than I was. Mm-hmm. And I think with that mindset, it gives me the chance to learn but also embrace where I'm at in not knowing everything about all of these other aspects of life. Right. Absolutely. So having a little bit of grace too, Mm because I think a lot of times we torture ourselves, like we should have known or we should have done more and, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to make mistakes. It's just not okay to remain stuck or to not learn from them. And so when we maybe do something that you think, oh gosh, I, if I if I would have only done this a different way, we'll use the information that you've learned and take it on to the next experience. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's no way to advance perfectly. Everyone is going to use the information that they have at the time when they make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you always wish that you had more information, but some of the best choices in life are when you only know sixty or seventy percent of the the available information to make a decision and that's the reality of of choice making especially when you're young and you know you most experiences and choices are being made for the first time Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier to connect the dots going backward than forward yes absolutely so i think it's interesting especially in today's day and age and everything that we're experiencing as far as this pandemic and understanding that Yes, it may have been not caused due to our own actions, but what can we do moving forward? Which is an interesting thing for me to explore and understand that, especially during times of adversity, when there's a lot more, I think, additional stress and pressure that gets added onto your mind and onto your shoulders. And the question becomes, how do you operate from that? Mm -hmm. How do you reopen yourself up to 
parts that you may not have seen before to different possibilities. And that's where it kind of leads me to ask you this question as far as we're all experiencing this. We're all experiencing it at different phases. It's impacting all of us differently. But what do you personally do to remind yourself that, hey, this is happening to me and I, I, I have a choice in how I respond to it. I have a choice in how I continue to create those windows of opportunity. And then beyond that, what are some of those opportunities that you see within the current environment? Yeah, so I think that the first thing that jumps out at me, and it's been it's been on my mind a lot lately, is um, a large part of my life, you know, prior to I should say my 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 young life prior to getting married and having children and starting a business was athletics, and so I was an athlete all my life. Um, I played college softball, and and just it's. I draw so much, um, so many comparisons for the rest of life and making choices from some of the, the trials and the challenges and the difficult situations that you have to go through to achieve a high level of success in athletics. And so there's a um, you know, legendary coach, his name is John Wooden, and one of, one of his you know, sayings or quotes that just speaks so deeply to me and really helps me ground myself when things like this happens. Um, meaning the, you know, the coronavirus going on right now is that um, don't let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. So that's the first thing that reminds me, okay, so there's something that's taking place that's out of my control. I'm not going to waste energy trying to control something that is is out of my control but i most certainly know that there are at least a few things that i can do and the first is always my mind my perspective my attitude my energy and we we have a choice we we may not be able to control every thought that comes into our heads but we do get to control what type of energy we give to those mm -hmm. so a lot of times in situations like this when fear is creeping up we have the option to acknowledge that that is there, but then move past it and give something that is more fruitful, give that energy. So, you know, we can do things like, um, you know, doing something that gives us great joy and helping us calm down. We can start with gratitude. Think about all the things that we do have. I know that that's helped me a lot in this situation because I know that there are some people who are in um, much more heavily populated areas where the restrictions on coming out of your home, even to get groceries or to go for a walk or things like that are much higher than where I'm at. So I'm very grateful that I can you know, go for a walk and I don't have to worry as much about the social distancing because there just are not that many people around um, you know, where I am. So gratitude helps a lot as well. Um, and then the other, you know, and the other important factor with what we can do and what we can't do is, you know, we can reach out, we can still connect, we can still, you know, interact with people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just important to always be asking ourselves, okay, 
I see some information here, what does it mean? And I don't have to just accept someone else's thoughts on what may be taking place. I mean, yes, there are experts, there are studies, we need to be aware of all of those things. But if someone is just giving their opinion or um, they, I, I guess what I ask myself is when I hear someone speak, I filter what they're saying through two things. One, what is, are, are they potentially coming from a place of fear or mm -hmm. are they speaking objectively? Because a lot of times we can't really disassociate those two things. We think of, we, we think in terms of a survival type of a nature. And so a lot of times we are governing our actions and our thoughts through fear. Mm -hmm. So I ask myself that, okay, is this objective information or is this person coming from a place of fear? And then the second thing is, what is their agenda? And I, I hate even saying that because I think we would all like to hope that nobody would have an agenda and the agenda may not even be conscious. The agenda may be, once again, they're very scared or they have a very ingrained way of thinking, which is impacting their, their point of view. Mm -hmm. And we as human beings are, as much as we strive to act objectively, most of the time we act more emotionally and, and we tend to want to share a message which is consistent with how we view the world. Mm -hmm. so knowing that helps me. And like I, like I said, it grounds me in terms of what the information that I'm absorbing, can I use it? Is it objective? Is it helpful? Is it accurate? And then making a choice based off of that on how I need to feel and act. Going mm -hmm. And you bring up a really good point as far as the different things that we say and do that influence those around us. So projecting onto other people, fears or possibility, it is a real thing. And, and we do it, sometimes we do it subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's something that I think maybe natural to us for that chapter of our life to speak in a certain way. And, and we don't even notice that it's happening. So I think there's a great part of recognition that happens sounds like to, for you mm -hmm. in helping you understand that, Hey, words do matter. And if words matter, then I should be more conscious of the things that I say to people. Right. Absolutely. Who influenced that thinking within you or what? I would have to say um, I have a very close relationship with my father and and my mother as well. But in terms of philosophical conversations, he and I have spoken a lot ever since I was very young. I was the little kid that would sneak over to the, mm -hmm. the legs of tables and sit underneath the tables to hear the adults talking. I was always so fascinated on how something that you could think is so cut and dry or everyone should feel the same way, but hearing an opposing point of view and how that strengthens your, your, either your argument or your, your point of view. It always intrigued me how they could have a conversation and sometimes it could get very heated, but the more and more I did that, I started to see and hear how people could really influence whoever was at the table mm -hmm. by being more pragmatic, listening more, how um, if somebody led with an argument that was very emotional, not based in facts, how that was quickly 
um, shot down or was no longer carrying the conversation because it was dismissed as not being um, uh, an, a point of view that could carry water, so to speak. So that always intrigued me how, you know, there's the so much wisdom that was at some of those, you know, family tables and conversations. And my, um, you know, my dad owned a, uh, my mom and my dad owned a small manufacturing business, which was, went through a very similar business um, that most people go through, which mm -hmm. when you start a business, you don't make any money for the first few years. It's mm -hmm. all risk, no reward, sleeping on a cot in your office, all those types of things. And he often would bring me to work and I would have the fortune, good fortune of sitting and coloring at a second secretary's desk right outside his office and hearing some of the conversations where if something was said that maybe didn't make sense and you could um, either refute it or to offer up an, an, a different point of view that made sense how that could really impact and influence. So I think a lot of it came from some of those conversations, which was if you, if you're sharing something and you just want to say, this is how I feel, this is how I am seeing things right now, but you're not necessarily marshalling an argument, that's fine. But if you are trying to influence behavior, it only, supports you by having the best information possible to demonstrate that that's how you came to arrive at that viewpoint of decision. So, so I think objectivity is really the only way to make, to, to strive to make choices when you know that there's a high level of fear and worry and anxiety and stress taking the place is to try mm -hmm. to acknowledge those feelings, but then move to a more objective way of looking at it. How, and and I, it, it stems from our want, our want and our need to have some type of control over a situation. Now, knowing that there are some things that we can't control, we can always, you know, just say, I'm not going to let stress and worry dictate my decision. I can't control certain aspects of this decision. So I'm deciding to to in to only approach what I can do rather than to stress and worry about what I can't do. So there's a level of acceptance and being okay and just allowing yourself to just be and to sit with, with where you are. But then if there is a time to take action, it's important to look at it also through the lens of objectivity. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know one thing, and it is this. <clears throat> I firmly believe that we all have the capacity when it comes to a lot of these things that we spoke about, whether it's being a better leader or using our words in ways that can influence positive behavior within certain people or help them reflect or different, different things like that. But uh, the question that I want to ask you is what makes you – what makes you different? What makes you different when it comes to the ability to recognize, to think, to make decisions that may not be kind of the, the norm of it? Like, what, what do you do? Because what I've, what I've learned throughout my life is that sometimes I, I've been in situations like this for sure. 
And that is cases where I had certain thoughts, but I just didn't act on them. Mm. And I don't know if it's because I didn't have the courage or I didn't have enough of a visualization as far as seeing the end result and the experience and the feeling that comes with it and what it can bring into my life. So I think, I think that's a loaded question as far mm-hmm. as the different things that you have to see. But in, in your case, why do you choose to act instead, instead of just letting the thing kind of mm-hmm. flow and then just wait, wait, wait for the next train to come? Yeah. So a few things really pop out at me with that question. It, and the first one is the mind has always fascinated me. So for, I mean, almost two decades, I just have loved researching and understanding, you know, behavior and how Mm -hmm. humans make choices and how we keep ourselves stuck sometimes and why some people are courageous and why some people sometimes shrink away from, even if it's something that they really think that they would enjoy, they still don't take the risk. And why is that? And I think there, and this is very well known, a lot of people who study the brain or, or, um, or research or have heard other brain experts talk about it, is that there is, you know, this reptilian brain that we have that is all meant on keeping us in survival. And mm-hmm. the, the difficult part is that even though we know that our subconscious mind is running the programming of the vast majority of what we do, right? We're, we're on a path. There's inertia. We just continue to do the same things that we do all the time. Most of it is, is unconscious. You know, we walk, we, you know, brush our teeth. Most of the time we're not consciously thinking about all of these choices. So when something new comes up that maybe there's no program for it, we Mm. kind of freak out. And so the mind wants to protect us and say, no, new is dangerous. New can get us into trouble. New can, it, the, the subconscious mind, the reptilian brain that wants to keep us safe is not thinking of all the potential rewards that we may get because all they know is that it's unknown. It's new. It's different. It's scary. So knowing that, and it comes down to presence, really being able to sit in the present moment and ask yourself, okay, this is new. I can, the objections that my mind is throwing up, is that, are those really grounded in um, facts? Or is that just my um, subconscious mind or my, my um, survival mode trying to keep me safe and to protect me? And it's, it helps a lot to be aware, first of all, that that internal back and forth is going on within us. Mm-hmm. And so I find it is incredibly helpful to get out of your head, to write it down on paper, because so often we think mm-hmm. that we will remember the way that we're feeling, but then guess what? Tomorrow we've got to fight the same battle again. Mm-hmm. That, we, we might overcome the survival mode in that, in that first conversation, but then guess what? Something new will pop up and we'll say, Oh, look at that. That's not new. We, we didn't know that that was going to happen. This is not a good idea. So instead we need to, when we're a sound mind, we need to write it down and, and think of all the positive reasons that we're taking a certain action. We need to write about 
what do we think may come up that we'll have to overcome. A lot of what I do with young people is high-powered goal setting, which helps them anticipate what might throw them off. Because when you set out to make a decision, you maybe don't even know all of the obstacles you may face. But if you can spend a little bit of time thinking about that, then when they come up, it's not new and you don't have to fight that battle over again. So and that's a really down helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the things that I've learned recently from listening to a video of uh, Jordan Peterson that I think I shared with you during our first call is one of the things he mentioned as far as keys to effective communication are reading, writing, and then speaking and reading and writing in particular, because it helps you process your thoughts. I think it helps you see it from a different lens because in your mind, there's a, there's a different perspective, different reality to that particular goal or vision that you have. And when you write it, it, I don't know, there's something about it that makes it a little bit more real as far as you can conceptualize it on a completely different level than just from one lens. It's the same exact reason why I think when in having conversations with more than one person, you're able to see things from and develop different perspectives. Writing is, I think it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Is that you can combine whatever's in your mind, put it down on paper, and then see that thing. So simultaneously, maybe you've developed three different perspectives right. of the same exact thing. Yep. Absolutely. Final thought for today's episode. And this is a question that I ask a lot of our guests that come onto the show. And that question is who or what are you grateful for today? You know, especially since we're talking about overcoming fear um, Mm -hmm. with the uncertainty that we're facing right now, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of the, um, the young people and not only young people, but people in general who have the courage to at least raise a different way of thinking. I think right now there's a very top-down approach to what needs to be taking place, but I just applaud and am so grateful for the courage of young people to to take part in the conversation in a respectful way and Mm -hmm. to say, here's something else that needs to be looked at. And you know, I care very deeply about young people. So my heart right now is really with them in terms of the millions of people who have lost their jobs. And, and I just applaud them for having the courage to speak up and to say, we do need to take care of those who are most vulnerable with this coronavirus. We have done that. We have you know, allowed our medical um, communities to get up to speed and to learn more about the situation. And now that it seems that the new cases are slowing down, um, it's time to have the courage to have the conversation on how do we reopen, you know, the economy um, so that we don't create a different problem, you know, a causal type problem down the road, which, you know, is a a very deep economic um, impact 
So I really am grateful for those because it's not easy. It's not Mm -hmm. easy to be that one person in your family or your community to say, we need to also be considering some of the other um, unintended consequences and negative side effects of the actions that are being taken right now. So their courage really um, strengthens me as well. So, Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I think there's, those are all very difficult decisions to make, but something that's definitely worth pondering upon because as you mentioned, yes, this is happening, but the consequences that may come from it. And I, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the ultimate answer as far as how do you reopen that? But I do believe that we, we need to move into whatever that form looks like. We have to find ways to continue, we have to find ways to keep going. Whether it means we have all conversation through Zoom, well, maybe that's the way it's going to have to be. But I think the, that's what really helped us as humans to begin with grow and evolve. I mean, we, we went from times where we didn't even have the internet to have the capacity to speak through a platform like this halfway across the country, halfway across the world and communicate in a way as if we are in the same exact room. Right. So I think progress can always be made. It's more so in this case, what are the steps that we can take individually more so I think than relying on some of the other leadership, although the, that leadership determines kind of the different things that we can have access to, but individually, how can we look at this differently? What type of opportunities can we create within the current circumstances? What is the best way that people can get in touch with you and learn more about your work? So the best way to get in touch with me is through any of the social platforms. Um, you know, I'm on all of, you know, for the, for the most part, all of them, LinkedIn um, mm-hmm. is probably the best. And then um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and, uh, and then I would also say my website, which is uh, TonyMiloVaughn.com, which is, uh, or I guess it's easier. I also have uh, YoungAdultEmpowerment.com. So it's um, easier to spell that way. It's a little longer, but youngadultempowerment.com. And um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a privilege to, uh, you know, to be available to anyone who's looking for um, strength and, and direction. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And we'll make sure to include all the different ways that people can get in touch with you and your work. And for those who are looking to get connected with her, I encourage you to do so. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand up and speak up stories, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear this message of overcoming adversity, facing their challenges, and finding a light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.